Chapter 11. I raced down the street towards the bodega, the sides of my hospital gown flapping in the wind. A van honks in traffic as I pass. Hey, sweet cheeks, need a ride? I ignore him. My eye is on the prize. I'd gotten Chrissy Teigen's cookbook the day it came out last February, after a particularly difficult Valentine's Day. See, I'd been secretly dating my coworker at hashtag viral. His name was Paul, and he was a boy genius from San Francisco, who our CEO hired to essentially run the company. He was too busy snorting lines of coke in his Porsche to learn how to read spreadsheets. But I digress. Paul was young and dumb. I mean, like, he was smart, but he was socially dumb. And I found his boy-like awkwardness endearing. He'd always kind of awkwardly fuddle around me at the coffee machine when I was making my morning latte, and he was brewing his morning caffeine-free oolong tea. Coffee was too harsh for his sensitive stomach. One day, when he was reaching for the honey, he grazed my ass ever so slightly and turned deep red, like day two of your period red. Oh god, uh, I'm so... It's fine. I've had like seven things closer to my asshole this morning, I said. What? It's a joke, Paul. I save my ass play for Friday nights. To be honest, I was never really super confident around my coworkers despite the job being way, way, way beneath me. But Paul's mousy demeanor really allowed me to play alpha dog, and I liked that about him. I guess uh, we should hang out on Friday nights more often, I guess, or, uh, or something, he said, trying his darndest to make a joke. Great, it's a date. I'll text you my address. Wait, what? Ali, we can't go on a date. We work together. Well, firstly, Paul, we hardly work together. You sit on the second floor and, like, engineer listicle robots all day, and I sit on the first floor waiting for the robots to take my job. If anything, you're my competitor. Don't think of it that way, Allie. Shut up. I wasn't done. Secondly, I know for a fact that you started a private Slack channel about my thighs and called it, quote, thick and juicy. At first, I was honestly horrified, but... I'm in a dry spell, so either you take me up on the state or I go to Brenda in HR with the receipts. Paul's jaw dropped. Great. So pick me up in an Uber at eight. Do not drive. We will be drinking. And from that moment on, it just kind of stuck. At first, it was just an awkward hookup like I'd expect it to be. But then something kind of magical happened. I started to like the version of me I was when we were together. I was confident, sharp, always on top in bed. The power was intoxicating. Or that might have been the booze. I was also drinking a lot to cope with my lack of career advancement. But whether it was the happy hours or the company, I enjoyed being the older woman in a relationship. It made me feel like a badass. That was until Valentine's Day. For weeks leading up to the holiday, I'd been hinting at Paul that I wanted this cute leather Kate Spade bag I'd seen online. He was 21, making 100k plus a bonus. He could afford it. Anyway, I wasn't sure he was 100% getting the clue, like I said, young and dumb. So I was going to do what any normal girl does, load the bag into his Amazon cart as a friendly reminder. But when I logged onto his computer, I noticed Slack was open, and I just couldn't stop myself. I clicked into the private channels tab, and there it was, thick and juicy. I assumed once we started dating, the Slack channel had gone silent. 
but I was so, so wrong. What the? There were pages, and I mean pages of messages between Paul and every other bro in the company discussing the quote, thick tits on our coworker, Michelle. And from the messages, it was clear that Paul had firsthand knowledge. I quickly typed Amazon into the browser, bought my purse, changing the shipping address to my own, of course, then printed out the Slack messages on Paul's $500 printer. I mean, honestly, who even has a fucking printer anymore? Just as I finish, Paul walked out of the bathroom, a towel around his waist. What are these? I said, throwing the pages at his damp skin. One of them stuck on his nipple, and it took everything in me not to laugh. Paul picked the pages up off the ground, his eyes growing as he realized what I'd discovered. Why are you on my computer? Oh, classic deflection technique. Because I'm nosy as shit, Paul. Next question. I... Uh, it's not what it looks like. So you've never, quote, stuck your face between her jiggly nipples, end quote? Like, what does that even mean? I mean, it's it's pretty self-explanatory. How many of our coworkers are you fucking, Paul? Like, currently or ever? (laughs) Wow, I think that answers my question. This is so messed up. I'm like, I'm like so much hotter than you. Wow, dude. Rude. Don't talk, Paul. So I spent that Valentine's Day alone. In an attempt to make myself feel better, I logged back into Paul's Amazon account to buy myself a nice bottle of whiskey, and that's when I saw it. An ad for a signed copy of Chrissy Teigen's cookbook. Fancy toast, glossy pages, clever captions. I had to have it. And for the next three months, garlic shrimp, fudgy brownies, and the musings of a model-turned-Twitter personality kept my mind off the man-child that played me. Every time I saw him at the office, I'd take a bite out of the many cookies Chrissy gave me the confidence to make. Every time he talked in a meeting, I'd go to my happy place and plan dinner for the night. I ended up gaining a solid five pounds, but they always say you put on weight when you're in a happy relationship. And I was. With Chrissy Teigen. Now, more than ever, I need the sweet embrace of her cranberry apple cinnamon buns to keep me going. But she's gone. I reach the bodega, dry heaving as I catch my breath. God, I'm out of shape. And lift the hospital gown to find that my thighs are practically bleeding from the intense chafe that just occurred. Um, can I, like, help you? Says the girl behind the counter. There's no time for pleasantries. A man just came in here... To use your ATM. (sighs) Who was he? Um, is that a joke? (laughs) I don't, like, get the family history of everyone who withdraws cash here. Listen to me, little girl. He... He stole something very important to me. Do I look like the police? I need you to check your ATM receipts for the last hour. I'll just compare their names to... You realize I get paid like $7 an hour to do this job, right? Like, no offense, but I'm not doing shit for you. Either buy something or get out, lady. I can feel my face starting to flush with anger, which is saying a lot since my skin is a deep shade of brown. Listen, bitch, you better help me or... Or what? You're going to tell the cops that I won't help a crazy lady in a hospital gown violate my customer's privacy? Shit, she has a point. Fine. I'll figure out another way. I say, secretly slipping a miniature Jim Beam from the shelf into my hospital pocket. 
but I'm giving you one star on Yelp. I saunter back to the apartment, practically in tears, and walk past Jessica, who's still trying to hawk my shit. Just where do you think you're going? She yells at me, but I'm not in the mood. Where am I going? To my fucking apartment, Jessica. The one I paid for this month with my last fucking dime. So your boyfriend took a picture of me. Deal with it. So did some creep on the train this morning and I didn't pay him $500. I'm not giving him shit. Ever. Get over it. Oh, and as for the damages to the carpet, how about you use the $20 you made off the one thing I actually care about and buy some fucking carpet cleaner, Jessica? Before she can respond... I slam the door in her face. Not today, Satan. Chapter 12. Allie, open this door. You cannot be here right now. I drown out the screams of my insane roommate by watching Lip Sync Battle on full blast. Using Jessica's Hulu. (laughs) I need any bit of Chrissy I can soak up right now. I type away at my computer using my limited Photoshop skills to create a have-you-seen-this-book poster for my missing piece of memorabilia. Insane? Maybe. Effective? Probably not. (laughs) But it's better than doing nothing. I quickly save my masterpiece onto a flash drive and pack my laptop up in a bag with a pair of underwear and some deodorant. You know, just in case Jessica goes full crazy on me and changes the locks before I can get back. She's still banging on my door when I open it to leave. Finally, I need to talk to you about... Yeah, why don't you just pray to the god of chakras about that instead? That's not even a thing. Is it? Wait, is that a thing? I walk downstairs and make a beeline to FedEx down the street. I always wondered who was still using them in 2016. Turns out it's people obsessed with celebrity pseudo-chefs. I get to the counter and I'm greeted by a desk clerk who can't be over 16. Hi, um, I'd like to print a poster I have on this flash drive. What kind of paper? Uh, I mean like white, I guess. Yeah, I know, but I mean... He drops a five pound binder full of paper options in front of me, all in shades of white. I mean like what kind of paper? Oh, I begin to thumb through the pages. Actual is nice, but then again, maybe I should go with cardstock. Hi, I'm picking up business cards under the name Jack Mitchell. Hey, wait your turn, buddy. Oh, sorry, I thought you were deciding between cardstock and other cardstock. Yeah, well, I'm not. I'll take 50 and off-white number 8, please. Uh, that'll be 8526. Oh, shit. I rummage through my purse, acting like there's something in there other than old gum wrappers and even older condoms. Just, um, um, is there anything cheaper? Lady, there's people waiting, the desk guy says, but the guy behind me chimes in. Here, this one's on me, he says, slapping a hundred dollar bill on the table. Whoa, daddy warbucks in the building. What is up, man? Shut up, kid. Hi. I'm Jack. Chapter 12. You know, you didn't have to help me with this. I mean, if I'd lost a totally replaceable stack of paper, I'd want someone to help me find it too. He's snarky. I dig it. But the inscription on it was personalized, so technically it's not replaceable. Oh yeah? What'd she write? Let me guess. Stay cool. Have a great summer. (laughs) Close. It said, spice things up. Be life's pepper. That is so dumb. (laughs) It's not. (laughs) 
I think it's nice. And I'm not even one of those girls that captions their Instagram pics with inspirational quotes. Could have fooled me. You're kind of an asshole, you know? Yeah, well, sorry. <laughs> I don't get out much. Been really busy with this acquisition. Oh, so you're some kind of businessman? Yeah, <laughs> I'm some kind of businessman. I buy small companies and flip them when they become more profitable. It's boring. <laughs> no, it, it's not. I, I bet that's profitable, profitable, profitable. Interesting. If you're into crunching numbers, then yeah, it's interesting. What about you? What do you do? Oh, look, a coffee shop. Maybe we can hang some flyers on their bulletin board, I say, changing the subject. We walk into the coffee shop, and I'm immediately hard from the smell of coffee and chocolate. Jack offers to buy me a drink, and we sit in the cafe for one hour, then two, and then before we know it, they're sweeping around us. Hey, do you want to get out of here? Maybe head to my place for something a little stronger than coffee? Yeah, sure. Uh, it's probably closer than my place anyway, I say, trying to act casual, like I'm not in a civil war with Gandhi's evil twin. But as we go to stand, a waitress cleaning the table next to us chimes in. Oh, hey, Chrissy Teigen. I heard that book is good. Yeah, it's really good. Ready, Jack? So funny. I just had a guy in here earlier with one of those. Wait, you had a guy in here with Chrissy Teigen's cookbook? Yeah. What else did he say? Do you know where he was going? Um, I think he mentioned that he was going to some fight, I guess like UFC or something. I quickly pull out my phone and Google UFC fights in the area, something I literally never pictured myself doing. Ellie, why don't we just wait until someone calls? I mean, what are the chances of us finding this guy? I don't know. What are the chances of a guy liking UFC and Chrissy Teigen? Fair point. And just like that, we're off. The place is hard to find at first. We have to go through the back entrance of a shady tattoo parlor, then down some unmarked stairs that some biker insisted led to the fight. Are you sure this is the place? Jack says, eyeing a picture of a disturbingly realistic bullet wound in the stair hallway. I mean, this is the only fight in a two-mile radius. I guess he could have taken the train somewhere, but... I'm starting to panic. But Jack grabs my hand. You know what? I don't care. If this is important to you, we might as well try, right? You know that feeling you used to get in high school when a cute boy would talk to you? Like there were bubbles rising up from your toes? Shit, is that a Colby Calais song? The point is, I haven't had that feeling in a while. Well, I, I guess since I dated Paul, and even still, this is so much better than that feeling. This feels like love. Ladies and gentlemen, take your seat, says the announcer with a loudspeaker as we enter the theater if you can even call it that. The room is small. So small, I'm wondering how the fighters are going to do their kicks or whatever they do without punching someone in the front row. But that's not the most disturbing part of all of this. No, that would be the smell. Oh my god. It smells like a cow's nutsack in here. I take it you've never been in a men's locker room? The lights flash and we take our seats next to an old man wearing a pinstripe suit and a much younger lady. A spotlight passes and I notice that the pinstripes are actually glitter. I do not want to know what's going on there. I've never been to one of these. It's like that show Glow, right? Uh, kind of. Except they actually hit each other. What? 
A bell rings and two giant men in shiny underwear enter the ring. They're sweaty. The fight hasn't even started. Why are they so sweaty? Another bell rings and the bigger guy goes in for a headlock while the other guy punches him in the stomach. It honestly kind of looks like they're hugging. Ew, I just got pelted with sweat or spit or blood. I, I can't. Yeah, we're like really close. Maybe we can ask to move. I felt it again. I can't. Let's just go. But what about your book? Jack asks. The announcer comes back on with a dramatic round two. Yeah, I don't know. It's so dark in here. I can't really see what anyone has with them anyway. We can just leave. I'll just, I guess I'll just buy another one. But with that, Jack jumps out of his chair. The people next to us look up in confusion. I'm confused too. Jack, what are you doing? I'm being life's pepper, he says, and jumps into the ring, dodging a kick and making his way towards the announcer. The crowd begins to boo. Uh, attention audience, sorry to interrupt your night like this. He looks down at me. I get bubbles again. But this lovely lady in the front row is missing something special to her, and I think one of you might have it. The crowd looks at him, dumbfounded. Uh, I guess I should be more specific. Um, if anyone in the audience purchased a signed copy of Chrissy Teigen's cookbook today, please stand up. A very awkward moment passes, and no one stands. Guys, it's okay if you have it. Just give it back to us. No questions asked. There's tension in the air, and the crowd starts to boo again. I can feel them turning on him. It's okay. Let's just go. I mouth at him, but I don't think he can see me past the stage lights. Listen, I'll give you one last... But before he can finish his sentence, the bigger of the two UFC fighters punches him, square in the jaw. He stumbles back, bouncing off the ropes, and falls on the floor of the ring. The crowd goes wild. Jack! I believe this is yours. The UFC fighter says, kicking Jack out of the ring and towards me. I catch him before his head hits the ground. Jack opens his eyes dreamily. What happened? He whispers. God, you're beautiful. I think he might have a concussion, but the words sink in. If I had bubbles before, I'm like a fucking lush bath bomb right now. I lean in for a kiss when my phone rings. It's Brandon. Brandon? I thought you weren't talking to me. Yeah, I'm not. Or I wasn't. You know, I don't think your roommate remembers me, which is weird because I spent the night at your house like at least five times. It was two, and yeah, she's kind of self-absorbed. What's up? I'm kind of in the middle of something. Not that I don't want to talk to you, because I do. And I'm sorry, by the way. Who's that? Jack says, wincing in pain. I lean him against the wall. I will literally be right back. Seriously, just one second. Okay, go on, Brandon. Did I hear someone say round three? Are you at a fight? That's so weird. You know, I was going to go to a fight tonight, but then I got called into work. Brandon, what is up? I'm in the middle of a crisis. Well, I just thought you'd like to know that I stumbled upon a yard sale today. Of your shit. Your roommate is seriously Gandhi's evil twin, you know. That's my line. Anyway, I snagged your Chrissy Teigen cookbook. Knew you wouldn't want that getting in the wrong hands. Without warning, I burst into tears. Uh, are you okay? Yeah, it's just that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Hey, it's no problem. Why don't you make it up to me by letting me take you out for a drink? What are you up to tonight? 
From the corner of my eye, I see Jack stumble to catch his balance. He smiles at me. Well, this is an issue. That's the end of episode four of Dating My Rent Check. Thanks everybody for listening. Um, A little bit about uh, the frequency of this. I know I promised you guys every other weekend, but I have a job now, so this is probably going to become more of a monthly podcast. I hope you will still um, listen and can't wait till the next one. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.